0: everyone, and welcome to 7 Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I am a scripture teacher at a Catholic school. I've been a youth minister and I have a master's in theology, but the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone who I've not yet met in person, but is another match from Podmatch. He's an author, a pastor. Speaker and a coach, it's Jim Barnard. Hi, Jim.
1: Hey, Julia. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thank you for being here. What else would you like to share with us um, about you or your story?
1: Oh man. Well, first of all, I'm getting over COVID, so uh, it's been a, it's been a long, hard week for me. So uh, hopefully, I I can keep my energy up and uh, and uh, you you sound know, great. Get through this. <laughs> oh, that's so good to hear because you know this COVID thing's for real, man. It's have yeah. you had it yet?
0: I have not. I I don't know how I've managed two years in person teaching, but I've managed to escape it.
1: <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Well, yeah. that's not all I want to share with people. Uh yeah, so I I'm an I'm an author. That's one of the things that is really kind of unique about me. I can't believe I get to say that out loud that mm-hmm. I've written a book. It's really exciting. Uh never thought I would do something like that. But um yeah, so my 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 story basically is is that. I've been married for 15 years, and man, my wife, Alicia, is one of the greatest human beings of all time. She is just strong-willed, she loves Jesus, she's smart, she's funny, she's just so cool. And uh, three months into our marriage, she got really sick, and that's really central to just every part of my story, is just this story of suffering, as she has gotten sicker and sicker every month of our marriage. So it's been uh, just a really long, hard road with that. And, you know, I could walk for much longer than seven miles and tell you all about that. But uh, Mm -hmm. today's scripture was really key to helping me know how to overcome what what is so hard and what is uh, a story of suffering. So I, I guess that's what I want people to know.
0: Thank you for sharing that, and I look forward to hearing a little bit more about your story and how the scripture verse that you've picked connects. Um, where are you located currently? Where are you recording oh, from?
1: Yeah, I'm in Denver, Colorado, the Mile High City, baby. It's it's really <laughs> nice out here, yeah.
0: How long have you all been there?
1: Uh, about 11 years, yeah. we. Uh, I've lived in a few different places in the world. I actually lived in Richmond for a little while. Um, my, my dad lived out there, and I uh, would would spend my summers out there. I would work at Paramount's King's Dominion, which was really fun. That nice. was a great, a great little gig. Um, but yeah, I moved out here to, uh, to go to Denver Seminary to uh, pursue ministry. It was something I felt like God was calling me to. I was very resistant to it, but I'm really glad that I was obedient to the calling because God has worked in some really mighty ways, especially since I accepted that calling.
0: Awesome. Well, I look forward to hearing more about about you and your connection to the scripture verse. Um, What I'm going to have you do next is to read the passage that you've chosen. So you've chosen Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 through 16. So whenever you're ready, I'm going to have you read that for us.
1: Perfect. All right. So this is a beautiful set of scripture. uh, So personal to me. Uh, Let's just uh, jump right in. Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joseph, Jesus, <clears throat> excuse me, COVID's really hit him here. Aww. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. Write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the the ears of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it, The Lord is my banner, saying, A hand upon the thorn of of the Lord. The Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation.
0: So I want to give some kind of context of where we're at in Exodus. And some people might be familiar with this account of Moses kind of having to keep his hands up and having a rock placed underneath them. Um, But it's not, I think the war with Amalek is not maybe the first thing we think of when we think of Exodus and like the journey in the Mm -hmm. wilderness, at least not for me. Um, So they've obviously been journeying in in the wilderness for a while, right before this, the Israelites were once again grumbling about, water and not having water. So right before this, God tells Moses to give them water from the rock, which is very infamous and you know, yeah. <laughs> comes back to yep. haunt him later. Um, and then we get this encounter with the people of Amalek and the you read the story and the story kind of speaks for itself. But right at the end there, you know, mentions that God tells them that the people of Israel will have to kind of encounter and battle the people of Amalek for centuries to come. And that does end up being true um, mm-hmm. when we get into the history section of the books. And I know that Saul, the first king of Israel, has to deal with Amalek at one point. So it is it's an interesting passage, maybe not what we think of with Exodus, but I, I'm really curious to see why you picked it and how it relates to your story. I think I can kind of see the connections after you sharing a little bit. But yeah. um, my first question is, why did you pick this passage, Jim?
1: Well, it's so personal to me because I, I think one of the things you said right there was the grumbling. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really interesting why the grumbling exists. Um, You know, the the history is, is that, you know, Israel had been enslaved by Egypt for so long. Mm -hmm. And, you know, slavery is a terrible thing. It's one of the worst things that any of us could ever encounter. And and it was painful for them. It was awful. And there was no way out of it. But yet God provided a way. He provided, you know, through Moses, all these different plagues. Um, the, The most epic of the plagues being the Passover which allowed them to taste their freedom for a moment. But of course, Egypt changed their mind. The Pharaoh changed his mind and chased after them. And they needed an even greater miracle to get through this problem. They needed what I call the pass through, you know, passing through the the Red Sea on dry land. Mm-hmm. Two epic miracles, like back to back, the Passover and the pass through. If 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 I'm Israel, if I'm if I'm one of the, the tribe there standing on the other side of the Red Sea and the water has unparted and the Egyptian army is flooded out, they're drowned, their bodies are, you know, floating up at the, at the coastline there. I'm, I'm standing there in absolute disbelief, like, wow, God, look at what you did. I will never doubt you. And it's amazing what you've done. I, I'm, I'm all in, right? Like, I would be mm-hmm. all in no matter what. But then they start to wander through the wilderness, which is hard. Like, we hate the wilderness. It's a, it's a terrible place to be. But yet in the midst of the wilderness, God is providing. There's water where there is no water and food where there is no food, mm-hmm. rest where there should be no rest. And, and God is literally guiding them. And I, I think that that is such a great analogy just for our life. I know our life feels like the wilderness. But in the midst of the wilderness, like we we grumble within forty five days of being in the wilderness, Israel is saying we should go back to Egypt. We should mm-hmm. go back to slavery. That would be better than this, which is clearly like a, a an absurd thought. It doesn't make any sense to me, right? Like to go back to slavery, there couldn't be anything worse. Like how could this be worse? But we do this all the time. We grumble in our life for for good reasons and for bad reasons and you know i think the wilderness as hard as it is sometimes the wilderness gets even harder and we we encounter these battles down in the valley and that's what israel was was trapped with was this battle with amalek this battle down in the valley and what what feels so real to me is that um moses's plan here is is very good and it's right but it's very like um I don't know how to say this. It's self-interested. He says, I, me, Moses, I'm going to go up on the mountainside and I'm going to put my, the hands, the, um, the staff of God up in the air. I'm going to put my arms up in the air. I call it victory pose. Like he's standing up Mm -hmm. on the top of the mountain with his arms straight up in the air. And this is what I do when I like, win." Something. I'm. I'm not the most athletic person in the world, and right now, dealing with the aftermath of COVID, it's going to be a while before I can like win a basketball game or or run a marathon. But the next time I win something, you better believe my arms are going up into (laughs) victory pose. Like this is (laughs) something instinctual that we do. And so Moses, almost selfishly, was like, "Okay, I'm going to do this by myself. I'm going to get into victory pose, and we're going to experience victory." which is, I I suppose, a great plan. But the problem is, is that Moses' strength isn't strong enough. And uh, that's a lesson that I need to learn. So you ask the question, why do I want to focus on this scripture? It's because I need to know that my strength isn't strong enough, no matter, you know, what the wilderness looks like or what the battle in the valley looks like my strength isn't strong enough. And and that's a lesson I've been you know, striving to learn and understand for the last 15 years because it's been real, you know?
0: Yeah, that the last couple of things that you said really struck me. I had a guest who picked the passage right after this in chapter 18, where Moses meets up with his father-in-law, Jethro, And we talked about exactly what you're kind of describing that Moses is trying to do a lot by himself and Jethro kind of pulls him aside and is like, buddy, you can't, I'm concerned about you. Like you can't lead these people on your own. And so I think what you're describing here in that image of the victory pose, like he can't even do it. He has to prop himself up on a rock. Like he can't physically hold it for that long, you know? And and God mentions Joshua and Joshua's down there fighting. So it is interesting. I, you know, I'm always curious why my guests pick the passages that they picked. And I wouldn't have maybe interpreted this as like that idea that Moses is trying to do anything everything on his own, but I can see how that does connect to what's going on here, especially with what um, what follows this. Um, but I don't know, do you want to connect this passage a little bit more to your story? I don't want to push you if absolutely. you don't want to share,
1: but... No, absolutely. I'd love to. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Well, I think it's really important that you know, Moses, even though he declared he was going to do it alone and he had this great plan and seemed very staunch on the 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 thought that he was going to uh, be able to be victorious in this, he had friends that knew him and loved him and cared so much that they weren't going to l- let him do this alone. He wasn't going to be alone. They came up the mountain with him uninvited. And they let him try to do this. Like there's no mention of, of Aaron or her engaging right away. Like Moses is there in victory pose and, you know, finally his arms are getting weak and weary and, you know, he he puts his arms down and, and then Amalek starts to prevail. And that's gotta be devastating. Think of the, of the balcony seat that Moses has to this battle. Like he can see that his friends and family are getting slaughtered. Like how devastating. So you can just imagine Moses just trying to muster up the strength like, oh, I got to do this. Come on. And he's just willing his arms back into victory pose. Like, come on, come on. I can do this. And then finally, I, I think he he gives up. And, you know, I the scripture doesn't say this, but I believe this so deeply in my heart. I, I know it's probably not right to always add to scripture, but I just believe because I, I think I would because there's so much on the line. Uh, the, the promised land is on the line. If 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 this battle in the valley is lost, you know, Israel is either obliterated or enslaved again. And then the, the promised land is game over, you know. I, I believe that Moses cried out that, you know, like, ah, I just, I, I need help. And I don't know if he's crying out to God. And I don't know if he's crying out to his boys, Aaron and her, but I believe he cries out. And you know, to me, it doesn't matter if he's crying out to either because I think that God's strength comes from God's people. And, you know, his, his, his boys come alongside of him and they say, Hey, yeah. you're, you're, you're not alone. Like we can experience victory together. And they prop him on the rock, which is just beautiful because every time the rock represents Jesus, right? Like I love it when mm-hmm. Jesus makes <laughs> appearances and uh, you know, uh, analogies I'll here. and yeah. yeah. Right. Like it's so beautiful. But they get on either side of, of Moses. And picture this. They themselves lift their arms into victory pose to hold him into victory pose. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of victory right there. Like, that's that's a big deal. And victory is is the outcome. Like, they're able to stay strong enough together to stay victorious. And this battle down in the valley is won. Like, unbelievable. And the thing that stands out to me is that Victory just does not come in isolation. I've tried so long for the last 15 years as my sweet wife, Alicia, has suffered and um, had spent hundreds of nights in the hospital, has had dozens of surgeries. She's essentially died on me twice. I've tried so much to just do it alone, to try to keep strong, to endure in my own strength. Um, you know, isolated, alone, uh, not not crying out, not calling out, and um, I think what's the most beautiful part of this is is that there's a there's a proximity thing that really matters. If Aaron and her didn't invite themselves like up and in, um, they might have been down in the in the valley, you know, fighting the battle along with Joshua, and if Moses would have cried out, Ah, I can't do this, I need help. They might have heard him and looked up the mountain and said, Oh no, Moses needs our help. And (laughs) it would have maybe taken them. I'd like, how long does it take to climb a mountain? I I should know this. I live in Colorado. (laughs) I can I can see the mountains right outside of my my window here right now. But
0: it it, it would take a a quick endeavor.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Like like that proximity mattered that they were there. Now they 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 were willing to let Moses go with his plan, like go in isolation, but we're gonna be close in proximity. And I I just, I guess, Julia, what I, what I want the listeners to know is that, you know, having those friends that you've built that kind of relationship with, it's a good and right and a God-given thing. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, to be open and honest and vulnerable, like I think Moses probably was at the end, even though he probably didn't want to. Um, I, I think that that's where we can actually experience victory. You know, there's, yeah. There's, there's one memory that I have with, with Alicia where, um, you know, she, (laughs) she went into this anaphylactic shock moment, um, where like she was completely lifeless and I was in this, we were in the hospital at the time and, uh, she wasn't hooked up to any monitors. So there was no buzzers going off or anything. And. I'm, I'm the only person that knows this. I'm, I'm with her and I'm screaming. I'm like trying to get anyone's attention. I'm crying out as loud as I can. And it just seems like no one can hear me. Like <laughs> all the nurses have maybe like packed up and gone home for the day I'm like, where is everyone? And it felt so lonely. It felt so scary. I I felt like there was going to be no victory on that day. Um, you know, eventually someone heard me ran in and then started hitting all the alarms and then all these doctors and nurses started running in and um, I, I I just call back to that day and think man if I was truly alone what would the outcome of outcome have been um, I know that's mm-hmm. an extreme example but um, I just I I really believe we weren't designed to be alone. Genesis talks about that it's not good for man to be alone. And so often we take that like sexually or or something like that, like in a marriage sense. And I I just think that, yes, it it applies there. But truly, I, I think it's about being able to experience victory together and being authentic. And this narrative is just all too important for us.
0: Amen. Oh, you said so many good things there, and thank you so much for sharing that personal, you know, application of of what we're talking about here. I can, I can relate. Not in such a severe like instance, but just that that I don't know. For some reason, it's very hard for us to want to cry out. You know, I I, I can feel for Moses wanting to do everything on his own. I'm very much like a control freak. I'm a teacher. I'm in charge of my classroom <laughs> for the most part. Like. What I yeah. say goes, you know, and I don't like to bother my teacher friends because I know that they're doing things. And um, but these stories, the story that you've picked uh, with Moses, and it is a beautiful image, like having Aaron and her alongside him, helping him so that he they can all declare this victory together. Um, and what you described about like calling out You know and and realizing you weren't alone you were thinking you were but you were not and thank god that you know you weren't alone in that moment and i don't think i think a lot of times we we think we are alone and like in that moment you mentioned in the hospital but like we really aren't there are people there Mm
1: -hmm. so i
0: don't know why do you think it is that we just naturally have this inclination it seems to like want to do things on our own or feel like we, we we can do it or go it alone
1: Oh, such a good question Explanation
0: for that. <laughs> yeah,
1: I do. I, I actually, so you, you meant, you referenced me as a coach. So I, I stepped away from church ministry two years ago so that I could coach people through what I call their expectation gaps, the difference between mm. our reality and what we hope for or expect. It's a place of disappointment, mm. dissatisfaction, and distress. It's just a fancy way of saying suffering but it's it's what I get to do. I get to be a one on one pastor with men and couples and help them through their expectation gaps. It's really the greatest ministry I've ever been a part of. and i I think a lot of us uh, try to go it alone because of the fear of disappointment, a fear of a, an assumed expectation gap. If I cry out, no one's going to come and help me. No one's going to be there. so, I'm going to opt out to protect myself. I'm going to choose disappointment as opposed to experiencing a, uh, disappointment. Does that make sense mm-hmm. what I'm saying?
0: Yep. For some reason, it's, well, I was going to say, for some reason, like, it's okay. Like the, like, if I get to choose it, I'm still in control. I, I mentioned I'm a control freak. So I feel like mm-hmm. I get that idea of like, if I choose this disappointment, that's on me. You know, if if I open myself up oppor- to the opportunity of being disappointed I don't get to be in control of that situation. So I can, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what, what that says to me, but. Continue. Yeah, no, that's exactly
1: it. That's yeah. exactly like, we yeah. don't know the outcome. We might not be disappointed. We might experience actual victory. We might be pleasantly surprised that expectation gap might be small or, or non-existent at all. But for some reason, that disappointment we can control seems so much better to us. And it yet it's just mm-hmm. like, guaranteed disappointment as opposed to potential disappointment like Ugh. it's it's crazy to me but I've done it literally a trillion times in my life right
0: Yeah. And it relates to the story too. Like you mentioned earlier, you gave a little bit of the backstory about how the Israelites are grumbling. They're like, we would rather go back to slavery. And you're thinking like, that's crazy. Like, why would they want that? But again, it's that idea of like, I understand what I'm getting there. Like, I know what I'm in for if I go back there. (laughs) But this unknown of the wilderness and like, if we'll ever get to the promised land and who we're going to encounter, like, I can't handle that. So man, it, it does. It all connects. It's so, it's so wild.
1: Yes. It's crazy. You, that's t- exactly right. And here's the thing, like we forget what God's done. Like remember on the, on the, right after the pass through, like I, I, we're on a high, like this is the most amazing thing mm-hmm. that's ever happened in the history of the world. And it was all for me. Like I just experienced it. Holy cow uh we we, for, we are so forgetful isn't that one of the narratives of the old testament yeah. how forgetful we are yeah like absolutely I, I forget all these victories all the time and that kind of ties in with the the end of this section where moses builds builds this altar and calls it the lord is my banner like it's mm-hmm. it's a championship banner that moses is hanging in the rafters i i'm a big sports fan i'm not necessarily a celtics fan even though i'm I think I'm going for them here in the NBA finals right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You've
0: already lost me. I'm not a sports fan. I have no idea who's in the NBA finals. So (laughs) you can root for whoever you'd like to root for. That sounds great.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. But like you, I'm I'm certain, Julia, even if you're not like the most mild sports fan, like you're aware that the Boston Celtics are known for their championship uh, banners Mm -hmm. that they have hanging in the rafters. Like they've got, seemingly dozens of them. Like it's an intimidating place to play because like you, you step into the garden and you look up and holy cow, like the, the, the legend of all the victory, like that's, that's amazing. We can't forget about the victories that God provides for us. And you know, this, this book that I've written, it is truly my championship banner that I'm putting up in the rafters. Cause I, I don't want to forget how God has provided and how God has you know, brought me victory and how God has brought me men in my life that are close in proximity that have helped you know keep my arms up and mm-hmm. just all of these great things that I I, I just can't go backwards. I, I can't move back towards slavery. I need to move towards the promised land and if I mm-hmm. if I forget I'm I'm gonna want to move the wrong way. So you know mm-hmm. trying to memorialize this stuff I think is just so vital and I, I just I wonder, you know i don't know who's listening here today i i just wonder you know who's thinking of that like those few times where god has provided and god has helped bring victory like oh i i haven't put that championship banner in the in the rafters i haven't memorialized that i haven't mm-hmm. celebrated that we we need that in our life if we don't do that if we just try to keep it moving um i think we're going to work backwards every single time
0: Mm, that is such a good point. I I do like that part of the story. And I think it's easy to gloss over that the Lord says to Moses, like, write this down, you know, m- mm-hmm. memorialize this um, and kind of so that like Joshua can know who's going to kind of take over. But also just I think what you're saying, it's again as as humans we kind of want to gloss on hold on to that negative like like that slavery right but like this is a victory that's worth noting and holding on to and god even tells him that i was speaking with another guest earlier we were talking about like consolation and desolation and for the moments mm. where i'm in suffering or desolation i have to go back to those victory moments or those consolation moments to get me through the suffering and get me through the desolation so Ooh. i think it's so wise for us to like really take note of those those victories. And so that when we're not feeling as close to God, we can go back to them and say like, no, but in this moment, God helped me or in this moment, Aaron helped me or, you know, like that. I, yeah. and remind ourselves that we have that community. You had said earlier about Genesis too, how it's part of our, the way we're created. Like we're not meant to be alone. We're created to be in community. God himself is father, son, spirit. Like I believe as a Catholic, like the Trinity, you know, like it's, we're all yeah. meant to be in relationship. He's a relationship. Like, um yes. but yet we, we want to we want to be alone, or I don't know. I said a lot there. I'm rambling, but um, oh,
1: it's so good. Yeah,
0: <laughs> the memorializing. I think that's important. Like jot it down, write it down. The good things too, not just the bad things.
1: Well, and I think uh, what's important is is that that gives me a confidence to maybe be an Aaron or or her in someone else's life. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I I I can come alongside of them and be like, hey, man, like we. We've been through this before like i've been through this mm-hmm. i i know mm-hmm. i know you can't do it alone so here i am i'm gonna i'm gonna enter into your story and i'm going to hold your arms up and you're not alone like i'm mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm close in proximity i am maybe my, inviting myself in but it's a it's a beautiful thing and that confidence and that recollection that we keep so close to ourselves we keep looking at that championship banner we keep reading what was written down it gives us that kind of confidence to to be the hands and feet literally of Jesus Christ. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's beautiful, man. I, it it fires me up. And it's why I love doing the ministry that I do because I get to do it on a daily basis.
0: I don't know if you find this, but, um, I know obviously COVID is still affecting us. We're still in a pandemic as you (laughs) are, you know, example here. But um, Hmm. I found like when we were really locked down, like when we were really shut down, I actually kind of reached out to people more because we were all more available to each other in a way. Hmm. Like we were all home. And so I was able to like call friends, which I never make phone calls anymore, you know? And I just knew that people would be available because none of us were busy doing anything. I don't know if you found that to be. And now that our lives are busy again, like I haven't seen, I've, I've had to like, Message my girlfriends and be like, ladies, can we please get it together to like meet up? Like we haven't seen each other in like six months. Like, can we? Like they're just so busy. I don't know if you find that that we were like actually more available to each other a year or so ago. Oh yeah.
1: Well, I think I think it took a level of intentionality then, and it takes a different level of intentionality now. You know, it's uh, nothing's ideal in any of this. It, it, It wasn't ideal then for sure, but yeah, there was a sweetness there that, that, you know, did allow us to have some availability that probably none of us had ever had in our lifetime. But right. it's, it's easy to be kind of lulled to sleep. Like, Oh, you know, like things are better. Things are fine. Uh, it probably does take more intentionality now, even though we're more available to be face to face, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it. there's so many tactics I think of the enemy to, you know, steal, kill and destroy and to to put us back into isolation. And so uh, Mm -hmm. I think COVID was a season of isolation for a lot. And now this new season of being more open again is isolating people in other ways. It's crazy, man. Like it's always a moving target.
0: Yeah. I just, I kind of wanted to, as we kind of wrap up, I wanted to connect that I like kind of question of, you know, how can we be the Aaron or the her, like, how can we be that to people? And then also if I'm the Moses, as I've mentioned, I I feel for Moses, like oppositely, like how can I reach out or be like you and call out for people when I feel the need, you know, in the time that we're in right now, like how can we be like those three characters?
1: Yeah. um, Well, uh, I'll, I'll say maybe let's start with the Aaron and the hers, you know, just, I would say staying close in proximity to, to those around us to, um, you know the the people that God has entrusted us with. Um, it, it's uh, probably pretty easy to uh, say, "Oh yeah, no, we're 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 good. I'm close." Like, but you know, be be checking in. You know, like you, what you're saying about you know during your time of of COVID. You know, like easily reaching out and making those phone calls. Like, that's something we should be doing on a daily basis. Like, have your list of your you know few people that are in your inner circle that you're staying very connected with, uh, you know, that, that will, that will work for you being an Aaron or, or her. It'll also help you be a Moses, you know, because they will know what's going on in your life and vice versa. But I would say, as far as being like a Moses, don't be afraid to take a chance of authenticity. Um, you know, whether that's with a counselor or a coach like myself, um, you know, to, uh, to, to share something maybe that you've never shared before, uh, there in, in what I do on a daily basis, I hear people tell me, all right, so here's something I've never told anyone before in my life. And I, I I get all these like little secrets that, you know, people have been carrying alone for such a long time. I think take a chance of authenticity and share some of this stuff I mean, maybe not with everyone, but with you know one or two. Like, choose some people that you feel like you can trust. I promise you, I I really will make the bet that I know it's probably scary to, to share that thing, um, but that thing is probably a battle in your valley, and like you're you're losing it. You know, you you're you're not gonna be able to keep your arms up alone. You're like your strength just isn't strong enough. So take a chance, cry out. Share it, and i i I just honestly believe that the errands and hers that you you know like are they really errands and hers? i I bet you this show they will show up. I just believe it. I believe Amen. that God will prompt them to. um so that's what I think it's it's really hard to do. like I said, I've tried a th- trillion different ways in like especially the last fifteen years, but in, throughout my entire life to just go it alone and to like stay strong. In my own strength, it just—it never quite works out. And I—I I, I think as I've shared the story, people relate with that. They say, "Yeah, I—that's—that's that's kind of my experience too." Why do I—why do I not try something different? So my, that's my encouragement: is try something different.
0: Amen. And and then like and mark it down, like we were saying too, like remember it, you know, because it, it will you know, because we'll forget. We're like the Israelites. We quickly forget the plagues. We quickly forget like everything God has done for us. I think like that idea, something I'm going to take away from this is like that marking it down so that we can go back and remember because we quickly forget. Jim, this was amazing conversation. You gave me so much, all of us so much to think about. Um, At the end, I give people a chance to plug. You've mentioned your book. What else would you like us to check out?
1: Yeah, so the book is called The Suffering Guy. It's available on Amazon. I would love to share my story because I think there's a lot of power in sharing stories. So I, I would love for you to to read that. It's also available on uh, Audible. Use that credit on it. Uh, visit the thesufferingguy.com uh, to connect with us there. Um, but also the the ministry is tillercoaching.org. And if there's someone that connects. Here today with this and is like, man, I want to cry out, but I just feel like no one could quite understand, or no one would want to be there. Well, I I would. I like I've I've maybe not been where you've been, but I've been in hard places where victory seems far off. And I would love to walk with you. I give away coaching for free. Um, so I would love to be there for anyone that's aware of an expectation gap in their life, someone who's Really struggling with a battle in their valley, so uh, those are those would be the places to connect.
0: Awesome that that sounds that sounds amazing. And if you all would like to check out more about me or find out more about the podcast, you can follow me on Instagram at Seven Mile Chats, all spelled out. I'm also on Twitter where I tweet about things I'm doing in my classroom and Catholic education. You can find me there at Miss Struckley One M S S T R U K E L Y One. Thank you, Jim, for this conversation. It really was beautiful and powerful, and I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Julie. I'm glad my voice held out. I felt like I was yeah. gasping for air a few times there. <laughs> <I know>. but...
0: <laughs> you did great.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I really appreciate it. You are the best.
0: Oh, thank you. Bye everyone.